0: You're listening to The Broken Meeple Show, a podcast that speaks passionately about board games for the benefit of those who play them. My name's Luke Hector, best known for the Broken Meeple YouTube channel, and I'm an everyday gamer just like you, and I'll be talking about reviews, top tens, and just about anything that connects me to board games, as long as I have a tea or coffee in hand, that is. So grab a cup, relax, and enjoy. And remember, it's only a game. Hi everybody, Luke Hector here for another podcast episode in sweltering heat. Yes, uh, you know, thoughts and praises go out to uh, Florida for having to deal with Hurricane Italia, Dahlia, sorry, get the name right. Um, You know, I, I can see everything's pretty bad over there, so hopefully everybody's doing okay in Florida and dealing with the hurricane aftermath, you know. But the after effect of it over here is that it's it's sent a heat wave, basically, for the next week. So from today until Thursday, I'm going to be sweltering at home. But that's a small price to pay compared to what everyone else is doing in Florida. So, yeah. but it's just one of those things. So I'm going to be here doing the podcast in a sauna, and then I'm going to go to the gym so that I've actually got a reason to sweat. But... Yeah, otherwise, things generally good. The reset week that I had, which I think I... Have I done the podcast? Yeah, I think I've done the podcast since I went to the Lake District. But yeah, that that reset week was good. But certainly, there's still a lot to catch up on with the channel, which I'll get onto in a minute. But generally, health pretty good. You know, the throat still, for some reason, struggles with extended chat. I don't know what it is, but I might just have to So we'll get that checked out but otherwise you know we are getting into the autumn now which means hopefully once we're done with this heat wave we can actually get back to cooler temperatures you know and my favorite season of the year being autumn you know because it's the right combination of beautiful scenery and lots of conventions going on and also you know like things like Essen and a couple of local ones and Midgard next week and stuff but also just the fact that it's cooler you know I like autumn and winter frankly you know I'm not a massive spring and summer person you know when it starts getting hot I just get uncomfortable I don't like to sweat if there's not a reason for me to sweat and the only time I want to be sweating is in the sauna or at the gym so you know on a run so that's just kind of the way I am But yeah, all pretty good on that front. So channel-wise... Not too bad. A couple of small reviews have come out, you know, for Maul Peak and Skulk Hollow. I've done that one recently. And, uh, you know, the Maps of Mystera, which is an upcoming Essen release of them, the sit-down games. Uh, The biggest thing I've done lately, though, two things. I've done a series of World Series of Board Gaming uh, sort of sponsor video. Um, They basically sponsored a video for me to just talk about the 16 games that are at the World Series of Board Gaming. By all means, check that one out. It's just me basically giving short, quick reviews on 16 games that I've you know I've played them all and it's just a case of you know do I like them do I love them are they good for tournaments I don't know it's just me basically being able to talk about 16 games but also Voidful, Voidful solo board game review I got Voidful in the <laughs> you know from Kickstarter and this was not a review copy and I played it to death over a weekend and a couple of days after so that I could get a solo only review out because I knew that this is a game that's never going to hit competitive play with one exception we'll get that to later but I decided I needed to review this game because it was the hotness, it was the hype ness. Everybody wanted to know about it, so I'd done one, and I mean, so far so good. Five and a bit thousand views, and ninety eight point three percent likeness. I was expecting that to be uh, much lower, actually, given the um, fans this game has. Because I mean, I gave it a good rating. Maybe that's why it's so high. I gave it a good rating, but there were a few caveats, and we're going to get into more of those later. But yeah, I mean, hopefully people still watch this. I mean, I didn't expect it to do that well on the basis that Voidfall is going to be a very niche game. But, you know, I'm glad that people are watching it. So hopefully more will. But I am conscious that there is stuff on the channel that I want to get done that I haven't done in ages. Firstly, I need to get those top 10 collaborations back up. And I've sent some emails out. People have said, yes, I just need to actually get off my lazy ass and actually do something about them. So that's a thing. Uh, I'm obviously trying to keep up with the Kickstarter monthlies and the, you know, what I played from the previous month and that, that's always a tricky thing to do. I need to maybe consider, I mean, the Kickstarter ones do get views. I mean, yeah, fear of missing out crowd surfing. I mean, two and a half thousand views for me to basically just talk about Kickstarters for a bit. It's not bad, but still not amazing. But then they don't, you know, they, and they're longish videos, but I've done quite a few reviews. There's been a lot of games that have come through the post. That's probably another thing. The podcast is still decent enough. I mean, it does take a bit of effort to do the podcast every two weeks, but it's hard to measure how well that's doing because it's both on RSS feed and YouTube. And I can only monitor the YouTube um, intake, not the RSS one. So I assume the podcast is still popular with those who don't watch it on YouTube. Uh, But yeah, plenty of those. I need to obviously do some more top tens, just generally some more top tens. But there's some of these other things that I was doing in the past. I just realized I haven't actually continued them for a while. Mainly this one rate my shelf the rate my shelf. i did episode four back in july 4th and i haven't done a single one since what what happened why have i not continued that probably just too many reviews and obviously taking the break to go to the lake district you know for holiday but man yeah i am behind on that so yeah rest assured i have not forgotten about rate my shelf i'll try and get an episode done for that soon and get that back on track (laughs) that was a little bit worrying when i saw how long ago that was And is there anything else I've done that I haven't... Well, yeah, Beyond the Base game. I haven't done any Beyond the Base game videos for a while, but then Beyond the Base game is very dependent on getting expansions. Although, I have played Spirit um, Island uh, Nature Incarnate quite a bit, because I basically... Basically, greater game, than games, being as they are, I tend to muck up their backer kits a bit. And they mucked up this one as well, so the people waiting for it on backer kits still don't have their copy, whereas anybody in the UK can just buy it from a retail store. So I did, <laughs> and I've been playing it quite a bit. But I've also got on the table underneath me a very messy uh, end to a game, because I literally threw everything back on the table so I could put the laptop on top of it. Uh, Lost Ruins of Arnak, the missing... Expedition, so this lovely one here. And basically, I've been playing through a couple of the scenarios. So far, so good. But I don't want to play through a couple more before I decide I want to give it a Beyond the Base game review. I don't think I'll play through the whole campaign before I do a Beyond the Base game review. Because, frankly, I mean, the ending to a campaign can be like, oh, well, that's not particularly great. But it's not like. You know, you might have a slightly weird ending, but if you still enjoyed the journey, then you've still enjoyed the expansion. And there's more to this expansion than just the solo campaign. There is still just more stuff added to things, so I want to at least do a quick video for that one as well. So yeah, there's some there's scope for some Beyond the Base game stuff coming. As for upcoming reviews, well, uh, the main one that I want to get reviewed, um, now that I've caught up a bit with the Kender stuff, is another one from Kender actually. City of the Great Machine. City of the Great Machine is uh, one that's been very popular with people I know. It's sort of all versus one hidden movement style game, steampunky thing. And it's like, okay, this looks pretty cool. It's going to take me a while to get through that rule book. I mean, there's a lot of rules in this game. I, was, I wasn't expecting it to be quite so insanely uh, complicated. In fact, let me show, let me, you yeah, know, we're going to talk about Voidfall later, but let me show you a picture of City of the Great Machine. But yeah, it looks a lot heavier than I thought it was. I'll be curious to get people's feedback as to is this game actually quite heavy and rules intensive or is it just a long-winded rulebook? Because, you know, it does say 3.7 weight on BGG and as much as the weight rankings don't really mean jack, that does give me the impression that this is going to be quite an involved game. So I am kind of curious, although, as I say, has anybody I trust uh, done anything on it? Uh, Sucker Drips has done a solo playthrough. Um, anybody I trust? Come on, let's have a look. Video reviews. Uh, anybody I know who's done it? Uh, duh, duh, duh. Oh, yes, uh, Board Game Ramblings did one a little while ago. Um we got Ant Lab Games? Have they done one? Uh, one Stop Co-op Shop. Um, okay, alright. There's a couple of people I need to sort of give a watch and see. But, yeah, this one I'm interested to try because I do like hidden movement games. And uh, people have talked highly of it. So I figured when it came out on retail, I figured now was the time to put my thoughts into it so hopefully that'll be fun for everybody but yeah so more to do with the channel obviously next week I'm going to Midgard so you know kudos to the the kudos to the organizers for inviting me up as a guest I'm really looking forward to that because Iceland has been so high on my wish list for you know places to go that this is just basically like you know, gold dust for me. I, you know, I get to visit Iceland, even if half of it is for the convention. But you know, half of it is still going to involve some sightseeing. But even the convention itself looks pretty cool. I mean, it's got you know all the all the stuff for geekdom. You know, it's got a couple of guest stars from Firefly that are going to be there. Um, you know, the ever so lovely, oh, is it, oh, it Jules Stafe I forget how to pronounce her name, but you know, the uh, the one who plays the engineer on Firefly. You know, like the cutest, most adorable engineer in any sci-fi ever. But yeah it, it just looks like a really good fun little uh convention you know just sci-fi stuff star wars and all the bits and bobs so it should be good for two months and like i say i get to visit iceland and see a friend of mine so yeah i'm looking forward to this and also annoyingly it's not this weekend because if it was this weekend i could go to iceland while this heat wave was on but nope we'll <laughs> get through the heat wave and then as i as things start to cool down uh you know then i go to iceland but hopefully that gives my house time to actually cool down by the time i get back but yeah it's gonna be all right i hope it's cooler enough in fact what is the iceland temperature i'm curious iceland temperature what is the iceland temperature ah oh, yeah now, now that's what i'm talking about i mean ignore the rain <laughs> the rain is not the uh, first thing i do but look at that eight degrees that is what you're talking about hey eh? i've got 25 here today 25 degrees celsius here with not no, no air con in that and they get eight degrees i love you iceland <laughs> i mean what, what are you like for the the rest of the week so oh no so eight degrees at the moment so all right goes up to 13 oh woe is me i mean <laughs> 13 14 13 13 12 12 so by the time i get to me when i go there it's going to be 12 degrees Iceland, can I marry you? (laughs) That is the sort of temperature I want. Cool. You know, it's cool, but it's not freezing. I won't sweat. I can wear my coat. I can take my fancy red coat there, and it will be perfectly suitable. Thank God. Hey, I cannot wait. Cannot wait for Iceland. Uh, What else? Uh, Essen. I'm obviously going to Essen. We'll talk about that later, and a couple of other local conventions. But yeah, all systems go. I just got to catch up with some video recording. And I suppose as temperatures start to cool down... I'll be able to actually start doing that. Right, okay, so let's talk about a couple of the games I have... Well, no, first off, I want to talk very quickly about uh, something that I've been meaning to do for the last few sessions, and I keep forgetting. I said that there was an error I needed to correct on my top 10 X and right games list, uh, because it was a game that I forgot about. Somebody reminded me in the comments, and I'm like, Oh, God, how did I forget this? And so, all right, fine, let's look at it. And briefly, I just want to mention the game called Delicious. It's uh, from Pencil First Games, and it's basically the third in their kind of herbaceous, uh, floriferous, and now delicious. Basically, they're sort of vegetable and flower-themed stuff, all right? You know, all that kind of things. And basically, Delicious is technically an X and Right game, because you... You're essentially crossing off different like vegetables and your planters on your board in and like you know fruit things as well but the idea is is that you are flipping cards over which have the vegetables and fruit on them and then with those you basically have a choice of which cards and which bonus little tiles you're allowed to use Let's see if i'm finding a good picture here we go yeah and so On your little mat, you basically have, like, all right, I can only select one card, I can select both cards, I can select all the bonuses, I can't, whatever. And you only have so many of them each in the game, so you've got to dictate it. But then you write on your little uh, sheet here the different vegetables and the planters and the planters score different points and they have different requirements as to where you can put things. You know, it is an X and right game. It's also a pretty cool X and Wright game. If this had entered the list, I'm pretty certain it would have got into somewhere in the lower 5. Not quite 5. Uh, I don't think it would have been top 5. But it definitely would have been somewhere in that 6-7 area, I think. Delicious is a solid game and I've done a review for it, so by all means check it out. But yeah, sorry, I forgot this one. And that's not to say the game is bad, I just forgot it. It's just one of those games that slipped through the net. Uh, but it is a solid game. It looks beautiful. It's uh, yeah, relatively easy to play. There's a couple of little fiddly bits in it, but it's not too difficult to get your head around. And yeah, I enjoy this game. It's good. It's a good X and right. So pop this on my X and right list and bump whatever was on number 10 off, which I think number 10 was silver and gold, I got. think. So yeah, that I would certainly play this over silver and gold any day. So yeah, you know, delicious is the mistake that has long since needed to be corrected. All right, let's talk a bit about Lorcana. Lorcana is starting to do my head in with regards to the hype it's getting. Everybody is going mad to try and get this because it's a Disney-themed game. And I love Disney, except when they're doing live-action Disney remakes. Then they can go to hell because every single Disney live-action remake is garbage. But, you know, I do like Disney. I do love all these, like, old, the old-school animated stuff from Disney. That's where, you know, that's where they peaked. But... A TCG Disney card game called Lorcana. It's taking the world by storm. Everybody is so desperate to get this game bought, played, hocked on eBay, whatever. Somebody you know, people are trying to go mad for it. This has caused stampedes at Gen Con. There was a stampede at Gen Con where people who had been waiting for three hours in a queue then got released to go and get the game, and they basically trampled over each other to try and get it. I am sorry, but this is grown men doing this, all right? Grown adults are doing this to each other to get a children's card game, right? Okay, and I do mean children's card game because this is aimed at families and children. This is basically probably a step above pokemon in terms of its complexity it is not a very complex game at all and you know shame on you because you're basically just making us look weird (laughs) you're making us look bad this is not a game that you should be getting this hyped over okay because for a couple of reasons firstly it's the tcg model the tcg model needs to die now the tcg model is outdated and antiquated this idea that you've got to buy boosters and then the boosters give you random cards and some of them will include and they'll include rares and the rares will vary in value and the ones that are super powerful or op- overpowered will basically hawk on ebay for like hundreds of pounds apiece this model needs to die i mean do you want kids to get into this you know, it's problematic when they got into, like, Pokemon and Magic when it was, like, Rare Boosters. Because think about it. You know, you're basically doing gambling for kids. That's what the TCG model is. It's gambling for kids. It's loot boxes on video games. Because you open the box and you go, Yay, I've spent money on it. Ugh, that sucks. Alright. Spend more money. Oh, that sucks as well. say it's loot boxes in real time. Okay? That's what it is. And it... I don't get it. You know, in the UK, we've got a cost of living crisis, amount, right? You know, that's what they call it, where people are strapped for cash and inflation's high and stuff like that. Where do people manage to find like five hundred pound behind the back of the sofa or to spend on these booster boxes and stuff? You know, I'm curious where this extra money is suddenly coming from from people. But it, it's just, ah, uh, you know, TCG models need to die. Now, assuming you can get past the TCG model, is the game any good to begin with? It's okay. And that's pretty much all I can say about it. It's okay. It's a fine game. But that's about it. In some respects, it's kind of boring. And in some respects, it's a complete clone. I mean, the you know the artwork is beautiful. It certainly does look gorgeous on the table with the Disney pictures and stuff. So I'm not going to deny that. The game is pretty straightforward, if anything, maybe a bit too straightforward, frankly. But the amount of stuff that this is kind of hocking from loads of other stuff is... um kind of blatant really because in terms of the actual gameplay you have your deck of cards you build your deck blah 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 and then on your turn some of these cards depending if they've got the icon in the corner can be put down as a resource in front of you face down okay so land for magic gotcha Alright, and when you play characters, they have a cost, okay, like normal games. And then when you play them, they can't do anything on the turn they come out. So, summoning sickness from magic, okay, got it. Um, and then you're sending your, your characters against the other opponent's characters, okay, like every other TCG game, fine. And then you can either quest for points, which is basically the thing you need to win the game, or you can attack other characters, okay, fine. There's a lot of repetition in here from other TCG games. I mean, this game pretty much has nothing new and unique in it at all. The only thing thematically that I found quite fun was the fact that you've got these song cards in the mix. And they're basically just instant effects, but they can be sung by a character of a certain cost for free and... You know, that's quite a nice touch for a Disney game. And it is also quite amusing to basically have somebody like Cruella de Vil singing Hakuna Matata. You know, you can have these characters sing, you know, stuff that blatantly wasn't for them. But that gimmick wears off very quickly. The rest of the game, though, is just kind of meh. I mean, you play the cards down. You tap them to do this you tap them to do that and you just carry on really and some of the cards definitely do seem a bit unbalanced there are certainly some cards that are more powerful than others but this is the thing that happens in all competitive tcgs but the other thing is is that you can just have games where nothing happens i mean i played one game where the you know i played against a recursion I, i played against a deck that constantly bounced stuff back to your hand some of these cards basically cost you your entire turn in order to play them. So, to play a card and then have it bounce back to your hand basically just means that your last turn was worthless. And to have that happen on a regular basis is not fun. You know, and the same can be if somebody's got a deck that has cards that constantly destroy your characters. Like, I'll play this really cool character. It's dead. I'll play this character. It's dead. You know, this is not fun. But even then, the rest of it is just meh. I mean, you, you attack each other. They've got attack and defense. They've got quest points. The abilities are pretty standard. There's just nothing that interesting in this game. And people are losing their minds over, oh yeah, I'm so glad I got this, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, kids will get something out of it, I guess. You know, kids don't expect, don't want anything too complex and it's Disney themed. So I can see kids enjoying this, although see previous rant about TCG models. But this game is just meh. It's not that amazing. It's just an okay card game. If it didn't, I guarantee you, guarantee you if it didn't have disney ip on it nobody would have heard of this game or cared about it i guarantee it it's literally the disney ip that has got anybody interested in this remove the disney logo this game would be long and forgotten and nobody would play it it's that's all it is. It's just Disney hype. And are you really going to spend all this money on a game just because it's got the word Disney on it? Or are you going to use some of your own intelligence and play the game and decide, oh yeah, you know what? This isn't actually that amazing a game. Why am I spending £500 on this? I don't know. It's, It's okay at best. It is an average card game that clones everything you've seen from TCG games already. There is no unique bone in its body and it's just driving people nuts and i am urging people to stop play the game if you like enjoy it if you like it's not a bad game but use some restraint don't buy into this whole tcg model nonsense you know buy a couple of starter decks and just play it with your kids or something but don't go the magic the gathering route of paying thousands of pounds to collect this and selling overpriced carved foils on ebay and stuff i just i hate this model i really do hate this model and it really needs to die fantasy flight have told us how to do this already it's called lcgs do that that lcg model works use it Uh, i don't know oh well let's move on to something a little bit heavier then voidfall (laughs) just a little bit heavier all right let me just sip a bit of coffee first Mm. delicious well i say delicious it's getting a bit cold There. Slightly coldish coffee. Yeah, it took me a while to set up. All right, fine. All right, let's carry on. So, because I am going on battery power as well, so that the fan noise doesn't kick up on the laptop. alrighty so, Voidfall. Where's it gone? Is it not on the page? That's better. So, Voidfall was a big game that I've done a review for. So you're thinking, well, Luke, what's there to talk about? Well, I did a solo-only review for this game. And I didn't think this game was ever going to hit competitive play because, well, it's a mammoth game with a ton of rules and how am I going to find people willing to play it? Well, three friends of mine are, you know, good mind clash game lovers. One of them even backed the game. So it's like perfect. You know, this is the group we're gonna play Void for as a competitive game. So I have now given the chance to review it as a solo game. And I gave it a decent rating. I gave it an eight out of ten, but I said I was on an R in between seven and eight. I said eight was the highest I could give the game at all with its shortcomings, and I'd probably stand by that as a solo game, but it could easily drop to a seven. But now i've had a chance to play the competitive mode which is supposed to be the standard way you play it and i have some observations and so did the rest of my group um you know how games feel like it's a competitive game and then when they introduce other modes they feel tacked on or undeveloped Uh, normally it's the competitive modes the good one and then the solo mode and maybe the co-op mode or whatever is tacked on i'm getting the impression that voidfall is the other way around where this game feels much more like a solo game And it's had the competitive mode tacked on. Or solo or co-op. This actually does feel like a game that should have just been solo or co-op. And not actually competitive. Because the competitive game is kind of meh in comparison to everything else. So, you know, I'm not going to explain like what Voidfall is and all that lot. You know, I've done a massive review. Go check it out. But in the competitive version, you essentially have your own faction board just like you do in solo. But you remove the crisis board. You don't have any of that. No crisis events turn up or anything like that, um, which is good because that's a faff to deal with that. And you also don't have the heroic or joint focus cards. So one of my favorite aspects of the solo mode where you can get these more powerful versions of your focus cards each round that randomize um, is not in the game. So that's gone. You don't deal with safe havens anymore. Good, because it's just a tacked on rule. You don't deal with harbingers much anymore, not in the same way as you do in the solo mode good because that just felt tacked on as well i mean there's a void falls a decent game but there are a lot of rules in this game there are a lot of things in this game that could have been streamlined and just cut off like trim the fat there's a lot of fat trimming that could have happened with this game you know this is literally one of those kitchen sink style games where we just need to throw everything in there and see what sticks but okay so that's basically the main differences between solo and and uh co-op so you you start off in a corner of the map you do your scenario everybody gets their faction and it's most points wins the Voidborn are still there and the Voidborn will still do their skirmishes so for the most part it's the same game it just loses the crisis board and the sort of safe haven harbinger and all those little other bits you know from solo otherwise you still get the text you still get the act you still get the cards you still get your attacking Voidborn. you still get everything else in the game okay oh yeah, and and turn order is suddenly now decided. Although, to be fair, honestly, the turn order could change every round. None of us ever cared about turn order. You know, normally in most Euro games, you're like, oh, I really must go first. Here, though, it really didn't matter. Unless you were worried that somebody was going to nick a technology you wanted, there was no reason in this game that we played for anybody to go first. There really wasn't. Now this wasn't the scenario map we played we played uh the basic we played the normal one second genesis or whatever for four player and you know that was the one we played and it just here's some observations right firstly skirmishes they're a waste of time the only reason the skirmishes are in the game is to deter people from spreading out too thin So if they get all the military techs, they could technically steamroll half the map with no problems at all. I mean, the dreadnoughts and the torpedoes are ridiculously powerful in terms of technologies. If you get both of those, you will literally dominate every sector on the board in terms of combat. You just cannot be beat. But it stops you going too thin because you know that a skirmish could come back and hit one of your spread out thinly fleets. That's the only reason a skirmish is in the game. Other than that, the skirmishes do nothing. You know, everybody will have some kind of ship, some kind of sector defense, some kind of means to deal with a skirmish. Because in the first round, they're barely strength 0 or 1. And in rounds 2 and 3, you're lucky if they're strength 1 or 2. If you're doing badly with corruption, they might be free. But even then, a couple of sector defences and a couple of techs, and you can wipe out a free strong Voidborne fleet before it even has a chance to attack you. So the skirmishes just feel ultimately pointless. You know, they're not even a threat. Okay, what else is there? Um, actually, one thing that might help me collect my thoughts, if I quickly load my, on a separate page, my Instagram, I've actually done a little bit of a a mini post on this. So if I can find my post I can articulate my thoughts a little bit better. Um but what else was there? Uh I mean it's not to say the game was bad, but we did have a- it, right, here we go. So I've got some uh in fact actually, why don't I No I can't bring it up on screen. Okay, so uh what else we got? Uh yes, this was a scenario listed as three out of four aggression, okay? And it it just ended up not being that aggressive. I mean, we didn't actually attack each other ever. So what exactly was the point? Um, actually, wait, can I do it? No, nope, I can't. Actually, hang on. I'm going to try it. Sorry. Sorry for this uh, uh little hitch up, people. If you're listening on what else, I'm going to open a new tab. I'm going to post the link. Here we go. I can bring it up on screen. Perfect. <laughs> My Instagram post. Um, hopefully, it will actually show the pictures. Perfect. Perfect. Right, so yeah, so I've done this point, so what other things did I mention? Yeah, so a scenario listed is three out of four aggressions. This is the third most aggressive scenario that you can have. And it didn't feel that aggressive. I mean, I played a tall agenda-focused strategy. So I literally stayed in three sectors, the two starting ones, and invaded one other sector. And that was it. I never left my other sectors. The uh, others went on a bit more of a killing spree, particularly the one opposite me, who went on a dreadnought torpedo killing spree. But they all went and attacked a ton of the Voidborn. And I stayed at the back, right? But nobody attacked a player. There was one opportunity where someone could attack a player, and it wasn't worth it because they would get more points for attacking the Voidborn than they would have attacked another player. So, not the most aggressive scenario, really. It's just the fact that you can kill a few more Voidborn. But yeah, that the whole idea that players could attack each other, again, just feels tacked on. Uh, what else we got? Um, uh, yes, I'm not a fan of this mechanic either, but the group really wasn't a fan of this mechanic. Um, the Skirm... Uh, not Skirm... Sorry. The Mechanic of Prepping Fleet Cubes. Uh, so when it comes to your board if i can find your faction board somewhere you have a mechanic where you have to prep fleet cubes in advance so you know when when basically you're trying to see all right i need to get my fleet out on the board you have to get your cubes ready first and then they can go out on the board and then happy days but it's a two step process to getting stuff out which feels like a faff Because there's not a lot of ways that you can actually prep the cubes in advance. Uh, Here we go. So here's a picture of the actual board. So this bit on the left here is where your inactive cubes are. And then you prep them to go into this right-hand side, which is the active cubes. And then they come off here onto the map. So it's a two-step process to get it from here to here to there. But there's not many ways in the game to get it from here to here. So you end up basically stuck with fleet cubes that you can barely use. And why is it a two-step process? Why is it not a one-step process? Why do I have to jump through so many hoops to do a basic thing? And this was the thoughts that, you know, the rest of my friends had. You know, they were not happy with this. And so it's a mechanic that they actively disliked in the game. And I must admit, I find it a little bit weird as well. Uh, focus cards still a highlight, but the lack of the heroic focus cards is a personal downer. Yep, you know, losing those out of the solo game is a downer. The setup and takedown. Oh my word, the setup and takedown for this game was ridiculous. The table could not even fit all the stuff on it. And it's not a small table, but it could not fit... A four player game avoid for it we had to put stuff on chairs nearby and stuff for crying out loud this is ridiculous in terms of you know having stuff on the table it's a stupidly sized table hog this is a four player version and you have got to put the game tray system is not ergonomic it's very badly designed in terms of table spacing i think there's like a couple of good trays for tokens but the The agenda board, the technology board, and various other boxes, they're just taking up space, and it's ridiculous. And the setup and takedown for this, I'm not kidding. It took us about 75 minutes combination, right? 75 minutes of our night was spent setting the game up and putting it away. That wasn't even rules teaching. I mean, there might have been a tiny bit of rules teaching, but everyone had watched the video. So I only had to remind people of a few bits and bobs. So, we weren't even doing a full rules teach, and it took over an hour to set up and put the game away. I mentioned this on my solo review, and it's a pain when you're doing it solo, but this is just unacceptable setup and takedown time. For a game that is fun, but not more fun than a lot of other Euro games I've played. It's a fun game, but for that amount of faff, it's not worth it. But that was just ridiculous. I mean, we spent more time trying to set the thing up than we did doing some of our turns. Honestly. Um... You know, I mean, when, when it takes like a... It, it takes like half a round in duration to set the game up. That's insane. Uh, downtime and runtime still really high. Four plus hours including the setup and takedown, despite having all seen the video tutorial. Like I say, that is insane. And then my final thoughts. Yeah, so, you know, Voidfall is still a good game. I still like it. The mechanics in that I like. There are some that I find a bit there, but, you know, and I do love the variety in it. But here's the thing. I'm going to sell my copy because the game is fun, but I'm just not willing to put up with that faff. The mates have, we've all basically ranked Voidfall 4th in the 5 big, like, well, 4th or, yeah, 4th or 3rd, whatever, in the big um, Mind Clash games list. Because for me, my favorite one is Anachrony, without a shadow of a doubt. Then it was Cerebria and then Tracarion. Although, to be fair, Cerebria and Tracarion could fight for dominance over each other. I think maybe Jacarion would take it uh, now, particularly with the expansion in it. I thought Doll's Academy was quite a nice little twist. And Cerebria doesn't hit the table very much. So, you know, those two jostle for third and second. This one ranks above Perseverance. Perseverance is my least favorite of the five. Because I don't like the two game thing. It's a massive box again. It's overcomplicated rules. And it's a four hour odd game where you're doing 12 actions. And some of those actions might be get to scrap. Like, that is the extent of one of your actions. One twelfth of your game could just be take two resources. It's not... Perseverance would just... I mean, I gave it a six out of ten. It would be a five out of ten now, um, you know, and I because there was a lot of stuff I respected in it, but it's just... It is too much faff. Too much faff, too much stuff to do, and the solo mode is a nightmare to pilot. Um, this one is another one of those things. The game is fun. I do enjoy it. But I can't put up with that faff all the time. If, if I want to bring this out solo, I've got to get it out of the box. I've got to find all my table because it takes up my entire and table to play this game. I need to find three hours spare to play it. Then I need to put it away by myself. It's just too much, you know, to expect from a heavy game. And I can play stuff like Spirit Island, Ark Nova, any of the other Mind Clash games, although they are only slightly shorter... There's a bunch of heavy games on my shelf the uri rosenberg stuff the Lacerda stuff behind me doesn't take that long the setup and take down by comparison and i'll still get a heavy game experience but i don't have to go through all this and i will never want to teach this game to anybody no way if i play this competitively or co-op i'm playing this with people who know the game inside out no way am i teaching this to new players it'll take too long And I just don't feel like bringing it out solo. I've played it to death solo and I've enjoyed my solo games of it, but it's a big box. I've got to find somewhere to store it. And it's just not, it's just not worthy to be in my collection anymore. But there's also another killer for this. Tabletop Simulator. Yeah, there is an official mod for Tabletop Simulator for this game. And so, okay, but then doesn't games normally take longer on Tabletop Simulator? Not by comparison with this one, though, because most of the stuff you're doing, like planning stuff in your turn, etc., you know, works. You know, you, you, you've got plenty of time on Tabletop Simulator to plan your turn while other people are doing their usual manipulation of the cards and bits like that. There's only so much you need to manipulate on Voidfall from a TTS perspective, so it's not too bad. But here's the kicker. Voidfall on Tabletop Simulator is scripted. It's already set up for you. So you can just click a few buttons and the game will set everything up. All you got to do is do the origin setup for your faction. That's it. You choose which faction you want and then you've got the two origin cards and you just need to manually manipulate what your faction starts with. That's literally it. Okay. And then the setup, you don't care because you literally just turn the file off. (laughs) That's all it is. So you save anywhere between 60 to 90 minutes in setup and takedown by just doing it on Tabletop Simulator. You can access all the rules. You can get the PDFs online if you need to. So if I want to relearn the game, I just read the PDFs. So why am I keeping this giant box that cost me 150 quid on a shelf that takes up pretty much most of the shelf. And then having to deal with all that setup, all the manual manipulation, as well as all the rules learning. Because I'll have to relearn the game again by the time I play it again. When I could just load up Tabletop Simulator and play it on there in a fraction of the time why would I not just do that? So things like that have just basically killed this game to stay in the collection. I I enjoyed it and I'm glad I've played it and reviewed it, but sorry, Voidfall has got to go. It was an 8 out of 10 just for solo mode. It probably would average out more at a 7 at this point, but we're talking 7-8. It deserved a seal of endorsement. The competitive mode, though, felt like a 6 out of 10. It was fine, but I won the game because I had experience with the game, and I literally just sat in three sectors and played a tool game. Barely interacted with the map, didn't interact with any other player at all on the table. I played a solo game of it and won against three other players. Why exactly am I playing as competitive? It's just not needed. So, you know, I give this one a 7, 8 out of 10 for solo mode. I give it a 6 out of 10 for competitive Possibly even a 5. I do think it's only about average above average as a competitive game. Um, maybe co-op would probably be a 7. you still got a lot of players. But I think the co-op mode is more fun. And at least people could manipulate stuff on the table with you. But I don't think I'll ever get a chance to play this co-op. Except maybe at a convention. I might do that. At a convention I would play a 4 player of this co-op. That would be quite fun. But yeah, you got to go. Alright, let's get on to... Uh, the focus, a uh, quick focus, um, where I'm going to bring up tabletop together tool. Yes, Essen is around the corner, and I'm not doing a full massive Essen prep and all that stuff because everybody's done it. There's a million of them out, and frankly, I've talked about Essen every year, so if by now you should know what's going on with Essen. But just to sort of recap, you know, it's a convention in Germany. It's huge. It's a trade fair through and through. Loads of publishers are there, big, small, and indie, whatever. Um, there's a lot of halls, bring snacks, comfortable footwear, uh, bring cash because not all the places will take cards. Uh, be, pre- don't take massive trolleys in that around cause you won't have room to maneuver them and everybody will hate you. You know, take a backpack if anything, but be prepared to carry it in your hand. Uh, be wary of hall three because it's insanely packed. Uh, what else is there? Uh, yeah, just be prepared for a lot of walking bear in mind, you'll have to take public transport for the most, so- I mean, I'm driving there, I've got a parking ticket, but uh you will probably have to take public transport, get on the train early, get there early for queuing, because it will fill up quickly, not to mention those trains get packed, so get an, get an early night, get an early morning, get there early, and you'll have a more pleasant experience on that front, and that's, kind of it really i mean yeah that's s in a nutshell it's a big trade fair and you go there and buy games and demo stuff it's good fun i get to see a lot of people and if you do see me there in my polo shirt which i hope to be wearing throughout the thing um except i've got a couple of afternoon shifts on the greater than games booth where i'm demoing a game Uh, So those afternoons I'll be indisposed. But yeah, if you do catch me wandering around as long as I'm not in a massive hurry I will be more than glad to say hi and shake your hand. So by all means say hi I'm hoping they'll do a meet-and-greet event like they did last year But I haven't seen an email for it And I'm a little concerned that they're not doing a meet-and-greet event this year Which is annoying because that was a good way to meet creators. I've emailed them about it, but I've had no response So maybe they're just not doing it again this year, but that'd be a shame because I thought it was good Uh, It was a good way to people to basically just say, right, so-and-so is going to be in this spot for a couple of hours. Go see him. But mm, I hope it's on because it'll be a shame if it's not. Right. Uh, But Essen itself. So everybody's doing their Essen preview posts or everybody's saying, what games am I looking forward to at Essen? Honestly, it's difficult for me to look forward to a lot of games when it comes to uh, conventions because I own a lot of games already. I've seen a lot of games, how they work innovation has dried up a bit in the board game industry so it's harder for me to get excited about new releases compared to expansions where i know i already like the game and i want to play more stuff with that game so don't expect me to have a million games i'm looking forward to in here but i am highlighting on the screen here tabletop together tool which uh mr peter hofgaard has basically been kept going for ages and if you don't know the bloke he basically did um He did his, like, blogs, like, tabletop together. But mainly, recently, he designed uh, Starship Captains from uh, Czech Game Editions. So, you know, he's known for that. But mainly, I know him from this tool... He does a tool which collates all the games that are being uh, i can from board game geek and various sources and it's all done in one big listing where you can basically just highlight them as ignore like want need put your comments in click on the link to take you to board game geek it gives you information and it's a very useful tool for me to basically skim through and see. right here's my preliminary list of what i'm looking forward to at essen and do my notes and then you can print it out have a cool report it's organized by halls Although on that note, one quick thing about the halls. I'm a little wary about their hall layouts this year. They are changing it up where basically they're keeping categories of games in various halls. So one hall is dedicated to miniatures. One hall is dedicated to memorabilia. Now that sounds good on paper. But you're going to get one room that is dedicated to hardcore strategy games. Which is hall three. Which is already busy enough as it is. So a lot of the games... That most people going to this convention are going for. Is in Hall 3. Oh boy. I can see Hall 3 being an absolute cluster of people. At all times. Gunning for those big games. Be wary. I'm a little bit concerned that this new layout is going to cause problems. I think we're going to see halls practically dead of people. And we're going to see halls with literally everyone in them. So fingers crossed this works. But I'm not convinced it's going to. Just be very wary of Hall 3. All right, anyway, Tabletop Together tool. So this is just me skimming over a few games. I haven't even looked at a lot of them in detail because when I go through this Tabletop Together tool, I am practically just looking at the uh, cover on the box, publisher, designer names, and a mechanical tool. That's my introductory reason to go... I'll be interested in this game. So I ignore a lot of games. Because I prefer to just go to the convention and be surprised. Find a hidden gem. That's the great thing. But you go say, oh, I want to check out this game. and I want to check out this game. and I want to Check out this game. You're just setting yourself up for disappointment on a regular basis. So I prefer not to set myself up for disappointment and curb my expectations down a bit. But sometimes I'll see a designer, a publisher, or a cover that really takes my arm. I and if your cover and title is boring and generic... I'll skip your game because I've got, you know, if you can't even take the time and effort to think of a decent title for your game or come up with a cover that actually draws me in, then why have I got an interest in picking your game off of the shelf and looking at the back of the box? You know, you've got to stand out in this market. You can't be generic. Generic is not acceptable anymore. But I use the tool and I've got it ready. So let me just delete a bunch of tabs on this thing. So... So, here we go. The tabletop to get a call. So, it lists them out like this, basically. And this is all my likes. Now, there's like 750 games on this thing. And I've ignored seven hundred and fourteen of them (laughs) so quite a few but then some of them are automatically ignored because they're only available in german for example obviously i've got no interest if i haven't got an english copy and then there are some that are like demo only there are some by publishers i'm not interested in there are some by designers i'm not interested in and so you can bulk ignore a lot of stuff and obviously i'm not interested in any kids games so i ignore all of them so there's a lot of these games that will be ignored but i do have a bunch need want like and maybe that I do want to check out. And I'm just gonna briefly skim through those for you here. And you can give me your thoughts in the comments on YouTube as to whether you have any more inkling or information on these. So let's go to two that I need. Yeah, not exactly um surprising here, really. There are only two games that I must get. And the thing is, I also ignore games that I've already played and reviewed. Like, for example, Barcelona is coming out to Essen. And I've I think it's already on retail release as well. But I've already got Barcelona, well no, I've sold Barcelona since, oh no, I haven't, I need to sell it. But, you know, I've played Barcelona, I've already tried it, so I don't need to worry about it Essence. so I just ignore those games. Uh, but, you know, some of these will also include review copies I'm expecting to get. So, yes, Arc Nova. Now this one does say language only in German, but I'm pretty positive they'll have English copies there. They'd be stupid not to. But, uh, yeah, Arc Nova Expansion. Do you honestly think I'm going to want anything more than that? So, yeah, of course I want the Ark Nova expansion. I am gagging for this expansion. My only problem with the expansion is that it's going to mean that I can't teach it to new players because I think new players won't be able to handle Ark Nova plus the expansion. I think that's going to be insane and trying to separate the two might be problematic. But for people like me who know the game, oh man, I can't wait to get this expansion. And then the War of the Ring... Uh, against the shadow this is uh, the solo co-op expansion for war to ring the card game i've done the review for war to Ring the card game i gave it a very high rating it's a very good fun 2v2 game but you gotta find 2v2 on a regular basis it's not the easiest thing to teach and uh, yeah there is that but i have played the solo mod uh with a member of Ares games i played it at the uk games expo and it was good fun I enjoyed it wasn't that complicated to go through I mean if you're familiar with the card game you'll be able to pick up the solo mode easily enough The flow chart of how the uh, AI acts is fairly straightforward you have to play as the the good guys though you can't play as the evil people which is a little bit of a shame but that aside it's a solid expansion and I'm looking forward to it so this will allow me to get more bring the card game out to the table more often of course I want this and I'll be getting a review copy of it, uh, picking up on Sunday. Oh, no, no, I, I won't be getting this for a little while because um, they, they're only taking limited copies to Essen and they're going to post my copy after Essen. So it'll be a little while before I can get this one played and uh, sort of talked about, but I am going to be getting this. So I put it on need, but yeah, I'm not going to get my copy at Essen. I will get it later. Okay, so let's move on to want. Want. Okay, so one of these is a review copy. One of those should be a review copy, and the other one isn't. Uh, let's start with the one that isn't. Series. Well, I don't know. r Games might give me a review copy. I don't know. I have to talk to them when I'm there. But, uh, you, know, they, you know, they we get on well, and they do love the work I did for Pursuit of Happiness and a few other bits and bobs. You know, they are very nice people there. But Series is a game that I'm kind of intrigued by. Now, I didn't want to back it on Kickstarter because I'm trying to minimize my Kickstarters. But, Series looks interesting a space i mean they say space exploration there's not really any exploration in these types of games but if it can load up here we go asteroid mining corporations try to outplay their opponents in real series okay so asteroid mining doesn't sound like the best thing ever but two hour playtime, good you know capped uh think you um one to four players so there's a solo mode net worker placement i like worker placement um and you know, space mining is a bit more interesting than, say, coal and iron on Earth or whatever. But this game does look pretty interesting from the pictures. I mean, it's got a cool striking cover. It definitely looks like quite a thinky experience. And, you know, there's an element of outplaying your opponents, which I'm definitely uh, keen by as well. I need more pictures of the actual game, please. Uh, Here we go. So, you know, I don't know the rules and mechanics of this game. The idea that you've got to kind of... Jostle with the opponents to do it, and the the worker placement aspect, which I like. The art, the sort of artwork looks pretty good. It looks like an interesting, thinky game, and I want to give this one a shout. You know, I reckon that this could be like a good, sweet spot of being relatively thinky, but not too complicated to teach. So, will the mechanics work in it? I don't know. But, you know, they tend to, you know, this is something a bit more thinky for our tipier games and i can't remember if the designer's done anything on this Gustav has he done anything else uh not much by the looks of it series all right so this is his first design so there is that it's a first designer game which can be a little bit of a worry but i want to give this one a try you know it just sounds quite cool so yeah players can choose amongst a variety of actions including lodging probes trading constructing upgrading all that cool improving technology always fun uh Developed with an astrophysicist for the best possible thematic applications. And brings a couple of innovative twists to the worker placement genre. Okay, cool. I'll be interested to see what those innovative twists are. But yeah, I'm curious to see what this one will do. And then we got uh, Horror. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. The City of Silver is what I'll call it. But basically, I saw this at the Games Expo. And I think with my throat starting to go a bit. I'm going to talk more in detail about the ones that I need and want and like sort of and then i'm going to skim over the maybes but uh, cut the horror city of silver is a new game coming from czech game editions and this is a much more euroy type game you know economic medieval and you might think well come on that seems a little bit generic luke and kind of for the most part yes i mean i don't know the history of this particular city um i forget which city it was where does it say does it say on here which one it was uh saint barbara's cathedral historical city, well vacuum, of course it would be wouldn't it um you know dumbass uh, but yeah it you know this is uh, obviously set in history you know I just don't know much about it because I'm an ignorant I'm, a, I'm an ignorant idiot but the it's a city bidding euro game two to four players so it doesn't try to jack in a solo mode good uh but this is what it um is intrigued me by when I saw it I mean it doesn't look like much on the table shall we say you know it's not what I would call A looker so this isn't gonna win any artwork awards although there are some half-decent little bits of artwork in here but yeah it's for the most part euro a euro-ness so Luke why are you interested in this here's the phrase that you need to focus on here do 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 I'll find it right now where is it features a real-life supply and demand experience in which every action you take has an impact on the game's dynamic economic systems okay so I'll get that in a minute uh, players take turns from a hand of double-sided cards uh, to engage strategic plans, purchase pots of land, mining, gain permits, raise buildings, gain profit, la da la, and you're you know you're trying to get the most points or money. I forget. But the asymmetrical nature of each player's available guilds makes for highly interactive rounds, in which every decision impacts the economy. Now, this is what has intrigued me with this game. I want to see if I can find a picture of it. Yeah, here we go there are these basically there are different guilds that are responsible for the resources and everybody's got representation from a different guild at the start but what happens is as you do things in the game like as things get built or things get mined and that this is just free of the resources there's another one with three on there as well i think there's six in total there might even be more than that but i think there's six and you know so here's three of them beer wood and meat and uh, the idea is is that when you build stuff and when you mine stuff and do stuff with the map and that, these prices change. So this is the market for buying these resources and selling them off. But when people do stuff, they, sh- they slot up and down. And you could deliberately hold back on, say, building a sawmill because you know that that's going to lower the price of wood because now it's more readily available. But then you can build that sawmill when you need to. Maybe I just won't build it for a turn or two. Let's have have wood at a nice high cost for everybody else to deal with. And then I'll build the sawmill when they don't need it anymore. It's just... You can do that sort of thing. And it kind of reminds me of the guilds in Feudum. Where, you know, you've got the six guilds. And one person does something in one guild. It influences what somebody does in another guild. And I really like that. I mean, this feels like it's going to give a good sense of interaction. For what would normally be a fairly solitaire Euro game. So... This has intrigued me enough for me to go, ooh, I'd like to try this. Now, it could be a complete dud. I don't know. But I'm hoping that uh, I should be getting a review copy of this one. And certainly, I'm intrigued to look at it. I mean, this this game is going to be make or break by this mechanic. If this mechanic does well for me in the game, then I can see this being a hit. But it really does rest on how well this mechanic works in-game. But I am intrigued to find out more. And Redwood. Redwood. This one I should be getting a review copy for. I'm not entirely sure, but I think I am. Um, this is for uh, Sit Down Games. I've done a couple of their things lately. I've done which is brilliant, and I've done Maps of Mysteria, which is decent. Um, Redwood is one that I almost backed on Kickstarter. It was too expensive for me to back on Kickstarter, but I almost did because... Man, that deluxe version looked good. I mean, I actually might... If I get a review copy of this game at Essen, I think I actually might buy the deluxe upgrades separately because it just looks so gorgeous. And that is something that sit-down games do well. They know how to make games go. I mean, look at that cover. That cover is amazing. A camera lens with the stark white background and all the forest scenery and all the animals are kind of just pouring out of this camera lens. That's such a cool cover. I love that. Um, But the idea of Redwood is that basically you are photographers taking pictures of scenery and you move around this map and it's a sort of map that everybody's on. So I imagine there's some communal aspect to it, much like their other games. But the idea is is that you move around this map and you're trying to take pictures of various scenery and the cards basically have the things on them that they need to be like autumn trees or wolves or cats or whatever. And you're trying to maneuver yourself in a place with these templates so that you can take the right pictures for the cards. It sounds like a cool light theme it's beautiful as old get out people could really get behind this in terms of a setting it just looks gorgeous and hopefully isn't too complicated and would make a nice light game so i'm very interested to try this i almost backed it that's how much i was keen to give this one a try will it be amazing i don't know but uh certainly going to find out but yeah just you know a cool nice light theme i guess i just have a thing for nature themed games you know nature themed games usually work for me so yeah here we go here's the miniature it's taking a picture it's got the template that you uh i think you slot on it or you put around it i'm not sure how it works but then it's taking the picture of the bear the tree and stuff like that so it's it's this does look like a really really cool concept and i can't wait to try it yeah this does look just really really cool all right that's the once so let's go on to like So this is games that I like, probably will get, but not all of them. And some of these do include expansions, so I'm not going to talk about those. Well, expansions for games I haven't played. Cascadia Landmarks, though. Well, I like Cascadia. So why would I not want the expansion? Now, the worry I have with this is, is it going to make the game too complicated for gateway gamers? That's my little worry. But hopefully they are intelligent enough to not do that. But then if it means that I just throw this expansion in when I play it with gamers, then great, I could use a more gamery expansion, particularly if I can play this solo. But here's the one thing that I'm not looking forward to with this expansion. Here we go, in addition to the module, this expansion includes more unique wildlife scoring cards, great, and habitat tiles to have variety and enough components to play with five to six players. You better know what you're doing, um, Uh, flat out games if you're going to make this a five to six player game because this game is not even the best game to play at four you know because you've got that display of stuff that's like chaotic as anything when you have more players you better know what you're doing with five to six players if you literally just bolt in two players and don't change other rules then screw you because i have no interest in playing this with five or six players if that's the case you better have some good way of doing it and if you do then fair enough but still the idea of shoving this into a 5, 6 player game was never something I was interested in. I couldn't care less. But it's one of my favourite games to bring out for gateway gamers. I'm definitely looking forward to more beautiful stuff there. It looks cool. Not a lot of uh, detail in terms of pictures and imagery. But, I mean, it looks cool. These landmarks are good, in. And like I say, more wildlife cards. You know, More interesting variety on that front. If it's relatively simple to include, then by all means definitely interested uh series comets series mars contracts these are expansions to series so i've just put them on like so that i'm aware that they're there but yeah not desperate coffee rush coffee rush i don't know a lot about this game so why am i even interested in it because it's got the word coffee in it yeah for the most part (laughs) that's actually kind of it it's got a pleasant little cover but it's also i do like these games that have zen-like style themes i mean coffee roaster is a really nice zen-like solo game to play uh you know tea and tea games that are have right there nature games that just make me go ah you know it reminds me of something that's relaxing and it i like drinking a nice cup of coffee i'm as i get older i'm it, it, when i was younger going to nightclubs and going to pubs and drinking lots of booze or whatever, you know, and drinking excess to get drunk was a thing you did when you were younger, right? I'm now old, And crotchety and a curmudgeon, whatever. I've been called a curmudgeon by many people. But basically, I'm getting old. You know, I'm 40 next year and, you know, I'm not getting any younger. And so I don't have a desire to get drunk or go to nightclubs or, you know, do that kind of thing anymore. So I'm more interested, whereas as a young person, I was interested in quantity over quality, now it's the other way around and I'm more interested in quality over quantity. So I don't want to drink 20 cups of coffee. I want to drink three really nice cups of coffee i don't want to drink 10 bottles of cider i want to drink at two or three really nice bottles of shippies know, yeah, really good cider same with beer and ales i don't want to drink whatever horrible tap beer you get on the restaurants or off the cheap counter at Wetherspoons or something i want to go to a beer festival and try three proper craft beers you know or craft stouts so that's kind of my way of thinking So these kind of settings kind of work for me now. And the only main reason that I did this, other than the fact that it's got coffee in the title, is because career Board Games. These people over in Asia are very good at coming up with hidden gems. I mean, they're the ones who... I don't think it was them at first. I forget who... Was it Taiwan Board Design? I don't know. I think it was Taiwan Board Design. But basically, Coffee Roaster came from that neck of the woods. And Japan puts out a lot of really cool, quirky little games. So if I want hidden gems, I go to Asia. Because they usually do come up with some cool stuff, and I'm going to be demoing a couple of their games at, because uh, and Games are sharing with Synapse Games or whatever they're called, and they have some uh, uh, Taiwan board. De- I think they have some Taiwan board design games there, so I should be demoing a couple of them, and I'm hoping I'll find a couple of really cool little gimmicky ones. But on to what the hell I'm talking about with Coffee Rush. So Coffee Rush, you run a coffee shop. Normally you have to make the coffee, and it's just that, but here you actually have to run a barista that's a pretty cool idea okay I mean you know we we haven't done that to a great extent but you know here you go orders tend to pile up during peak hours and it's no different today your goal is to increase your ratings and be recognized as the best barista so you move on the ingredient board to collect the ingredients you need fulfill orders uh, orders that aren't fulfilled become penalties uh, if you've fulfilled multiple orders you can activate upgrades you know and stuff like that so it looks like a very simple game it's only 30 minutes two to four players this is going to be a short little quick game but looks pleasant i mean just looking at the pictures here it looks colorful it looks you know nice and pretty uh where's the uh, hang on i think i need to enlarge my screen a bit so i can see the arrow oh no it's because i'm at the end of the photos uh but yeah i mean that looks like a very pretty setting there it's colorful cute i mean I mean, if you get this in a box, you get these little tiny little glass or plastic cups, coffee cups in the box. That's brilliant. I want that. I mean, is that what happens? I think you put these little cases out for the ingredients, but do you actually get these little cups? (laughs) That's brilliant. I want... Oh my god, that is so cool. Oh, if you're listening to this on audio, you can't see this, but go look it up on Game Geek, and look up the box... These little cups are gorgeous. I love them. It's such a gimmick, but it's a cute little gimmick. Oh, <laughs> it's brilliant. It's got like a couple of little things like coffee bean and chocolate and little leaves in it. Oh, I'm so... I don't normally go too like googly-eyed and tearful over components, but stuff, cute stuff like that, I think, just works. So, yeah, I'm... My interest is going up for this. In fact, you know what? I'm going to do it. Coffee rush, want. There you go. Want. I've upgraded it. You've sold me on the mugs. I'm upgrading it to one. Uh, Dream World, an unconscious mind card game. I know nothing about this. The only reason I'm even vaguely interested in it is because it's an unconscious mind card game. I've played unconscious mind in development stage. I'm hoping it's ironed out some of the problems I have with the game, even though I think the game is generally solid. But an unconscious mind card game. Now, Cerebria did this. They came up with a card game version of Cerebria, and it didn't do too well. This is meant to be a lightweight 20 to 30 minute game that basically has that setting of all that. But then that means that hopefully it will be a nicer game to play. But also it means it's going to have gorgeous artwork. I mean, look at that. That is, is that, is it all just Andrew Bosley? Because it was Andrew Bosley and Vincent Dutrait who did the main game. It's both. Andrew Bosley, Vincent Dutrait, designed by Johnny Pack. That's a pretty good trio, all right? Two amazing artists and one good designer. So, you know, that's already a pretty solid... Bet there, but wow, yeah. I mean, look at that on the board. Uh, let me get those cards back. Get those cards back. That is gorgeous. Look at it. Oh, that is going to look so good on the table. Now, will it be a good card game? I don't know, but you know what? I'm willing to try it. This could be one of those occasions where I take the card game and not the board game, but that alone is just a gorgeous looking game, and I would certainly like to try it. And it's 20 30 minutes out of my life, so it's not like it's going to take up much of my time. It's only demo only. That's all I need. I just need a quick 20-30 minute demo. Uh, Evacuation. This is the newest uh, release from Delicious Games and Vladimir Succi, which is basically ultimate pairing. They don't tend to do review copies. They tend to do discounted copies for reviewers. So I might be able to get it at the convention, but it usually means like paying 15 quid less or something. So not much. But to be fair, they're a small publisher. They're going to make money, so that's not a big deal, frankly. Um, but am I interested in this game particularly... Honestly, I don't really know much about it. I mean, I think the main reason I put it on the list was because it was that combination. Because I don't go googly for Vladimir Succi. He has done games that I find meh. He's done games that I don't actually like. Yeah, I don't like Shipyard. I found uh, Prager kabut Regne Meh. It's above average. Um, is there any other games by him I think of? But then, I'm trying to think of his meh ones. But then on top of that, I love Pulsar 2849. I love Underwater Cities. Oh yeah, Woodcraft, I think was one of his as well, and I found that, mm, meh, you know, above average at best, you know. So, you know, he's a hit and miss designer with me, but I'm willing to check out another game from them. So, 60 to 150 minutes does worry me, because that's quite a wide range of player time. Uh, Let's see, you start the game with a full functioning economy, and then you must dismantle that economy and move it to a new planet. It shrinks over time, and so you have to set yourself up on the new place in order to keep your economy going... Uh, You choose actions from the player board with the expert variant and in cards to your hand that allow you to choose additional actions and combine them. Uh, Each action has its own value and the sum of those is important for an end of the round bonus. Okay, I like things like that where at the end of the round you get stuff based on what you've done in the normal round. I quite like that. Other than that though, I don't really know much about it so I can't really say anything more. It's a combination that usually works. That is a very pretty board. You know, probably one of the more prettier games that they've uh, put out. And I'm intrigued. Hopefully it's not too overcomplicated, but it's a combination that has worked before. It doesn't always work, but I'm willing to give it a try. Uh, okay. Flow, demo only. peaker Games, which I think is a spin-off from Fantasia Games, I think, I believe. Sort of doing sm- like more lightweight stuff. I mean, 45 to 90 minutes. Uh, artist Andrew Bosley, so it's going to look absolutely gorgeous. Uh, you go across the iceberg, see... Uh, do you explore the islands, discover secrets, sail the windy waves, fight fearsome monsters. Apart from that, I don't really know much about this game. I mean, it's region to region movement system and it looks like it's not story driven, but it looks like it's got cool sort of thematic adventure stuff that you can do. But it's a gorgeous cover and the artwork is going to look absolutely beautiful. But yeah, there's not a lot we know about this game really like the the information on this is super sparse so if there's a demo there i'd like to try it but that's kind of all i know about it at the moment uh forest shuffle why is that on my like um i think it's just because i've heard some people say it's good it's lookout games it's uh you know it's got a nice you know it's got a nice cover it's nature themed uh 40 to 60 minutes so not a long game Five players that's usually a worry when they bolt on five players. I think it was, I think I literally just grabbed this because you know, I don't, I mean, I don't know much about the mechanics, right? So, six cards in hand, detecting a type of tree or forest dwellers, uh, either draw two cards or add them and add to your hand, or play a card from your hand. Okay, so this looks like a simple rule set. Uh, each tree in Trella shows a cost to pay this. You must discard cards in your hand into the clearing face up. So, okay. So it's a multi-use card hand management system. I like that. Um, after you play a card, you can use the effect or gain a bonus you gained if you paid the card with other cards of the same color. Okay. So it's basically hand management, you know, card game. Looks cool. I mean, this one does seem like a nice, simple game. Uh, has anybody I trust done anything on it? Uh, not that I can see. Um... No, nobody I know has really done much on this, so uh, I'll have to to make my own decision when I get there. But the main thing that got me onto this, though, was this. Oh, my God, does this look, you know, oh, my God, does this look gorgeous? Look at that. Canopy, eat your heart out. I mean, Canopy is gorgeous, and probably I think Canopy would still take the sweet spot in terms of uh, artwork and that. But man, does that look beautiful! I wanna check out this game. Stab by the looks alone. Is it a fun game? It's 30, 60 minutes out of my life. I'll find out soon. But yeah, lookout games tend to do some cool stuff. I'm definitely keen to find out more. Uh, Galactic Crew. How many more of these have I got? To? Not too many. Uh, Galactic Cruise uh you know I know nothing about this game I don't know its mechanics or anything it just sounds like a cool concept the idea that you're running a galactic cruise liner I think that's just a cool unique theme it's demo only Uh, I believe it's a heavy game but the thing that's interesting me with uh well I think it's mainly just the theme and the fact that it's a heavy game with it I mean I don't recognize the designers off the top of my head it's got Eno tools artwork so hopefully it means it's a easier well it's bearable to play if it is complicated you know that's what you know tool shtick is but the idea that you are running a luxury cruise liner and you're effectively building the shuttle satisfying your guests and helping the company thrive getting technologies and growing the workforce now i'm hoping that this doesn't pull a clinic where it says you're building a hospital and you're treating patients and all clinic is is a car park simulator it better not do that but uh, this theme does sound pretty cool and I'm interested to try it, And it's Dranda Games that are bringing it over for this market. So uh, um, I'm definitely keen to have a look at this one. I'll be keen to, you know, and I know the people at uh, Dranda Games nicely. You know, I did Isle of Trains. That was a really good game. Check out that review. But yeah, I want to check out a demo of this. So sign me up. Imperial Miners. I don't know much about the mechanics of this one, so I can't say much. But uh, I like the Imperial Settlers games. I, like, I really love the Empires of the North game. So a spin-off, a smaller spin-off separate from those uh, with the same sort of uh, colourful artwork and that. You know, tableau building game with some other bits and bobs. I don't really know much about it, but uh, it looks like a cool game and I'm interested to try it. Uh, I haven't spoken with Ignacy just in a while actually. I'm curious how the Portal game are doing, but uh, you know... Good replayability, modular progress boards, different cards, uh, simultaneous turns, gameplay is quick. Should be no longer than 45 minutes, so I am uh, I am interested to see what this one is, but I know very little about its mechanics. Uh, Neotopia. I am getting a review copy of this. Oh, I think I'm getting a review copy of this. I have applied for one. Um, there's. I think they're doing Dice Manor and Neotopia mostly. This is Arcane Wonders and... Um, Dice Manor, I think I've applied for a review copy of, but that's one I'm not looking as forward to. You know, like, not like, ooh, I really want to check this out. This one looks interesting, though. Build the most harmonious, futuristic city in a tactical and interactive game. So, it's tile placement, and it doesn't look much like a city when you see it on the board. But, it is quite pretty. I mean, you got these cool tile pieces that you put down with a different symbology on them. Uh, you know, does look like a bit of an abstracted tile laying game. but yeah, mainly, Arcane Wonders does do some cool stuff that they look good. 30 to 60 minutes, so I know it's not going to be a long game. Wait 2.0, 2 to 4 players, you know, it looks quite cool. But basically, you are building on the free regions of the city in order to complete feature cards that you have in hand. Good combination of tile placement and card management can result in impactful turns. Interaction is important because all players are building on the same board and can take advantage of what other players have built on their previous turns. That's what I'm interested in. The idea that what you do is influencing other players. If this is interactive, then great. But it's it's only a like, not a want or a need. I'm interested, but that's about it. Uh, Nucleum. Yes, uh, it could be a game that I'm going to hate. But I still want to try it. And I think I am getting a review copy of this one uh, from Board and Dice. This is Simone Luciani and David Turksey. Right. Now, David Turksey, cool bloke. Should be at NASA. He's going to make quite a complex game, though. This is going to be a thinky game through and through. The idea that this could possibly be played in 60 minutes is going to be garbage. I'm just going to assume that every game is 150 minutes minimum. Uh, it's going to be a pricey one. It's economic industry. This is going to be thinky as all get out. This is going to be complex as all get out. But I want to try it because, you know, A, that's a very striking cover. Um it's not quite brass type uh, setting. I mean, it says become the leader in the Industrial Revolution in an alternative timeline. So maybe they can at least play around with that. And certainly as I look at the board, I mean, it's not bad looking it's not the most colorful one i mean this one is kind of the lowest on the likes that i'm expecting because i'm expecting this to be quite a thinky game and i'm hoping that this will be good fun and i want to try it sometimes it's good to venture out of your comfort zone and play something that you're not necessarily used to playing and because sometimes you do come across some games that really do strike you i mean should i like pulsar 2849 not really but i still love it should i like the grand trunk journey no but i think it's a good game uh, should I like the PAX games? Hell no, but I do enjoy them. So, yeah, there are times where it works. Now, what worries me is Simone Luciani. Simone Luciani doesn't quite gel with me in terms of games design. I mean, what have we got here? I like Newton. Uh, I like Zolkin. I like Golem. Tom was fairly boring. Didn't like Darwin's Journey. Hate Barrage. Hate Marco Polo. Hate Lorenzo and the Magnifico. Grand Osteo tells okay. Council of Four, okay. But who, who's playing that still? So, a lot of his games are mostly misses for me. So, his name on the backs doesn't exactly fill me with a huge amount of confidence. But here's the other bit that kind of worries me. Um... It was described to me... I mean, people have said, including (laughs) Grogan and David Torxley have said to me that there's a good chance you won't like this. Um, Because they've described the game as if Brass and Barrage had a baby. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. You've taken two games, one of which I dislike a lot and one of which I hate beyond all recognition. Like, Barrage would be in my top ten hated games, I think it's so bad. You know, it is just boring to look at. It is horrible to play it is the most meanest game i've ever seen like literally turn one and you can screw someone over and it's not like it was their fault you know you can just be an absolute dick in that game bad components bad art i mean ah everything about barrage i just hate so the idea that the barrage and Barras had a baby and created this game is worrying okay so this could be an absolute bombshell for me in terms of like uh uh-oh but open mind go into it it is a new game. You might be surprised, you might really like it, but I gotta try it first and we'll see what happens after that. (laughs) Uh Redwood into the Wild is an expansion. Uh two more to talk about. I think I'm just gonna gloss over the 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 maybes. I think the maybes I'll I'll skim through the list, but I'm not gonna go into detail. Path of Civilization. Path of Civilization? This is a relatively unknown game. And it's from Captain Games. I don't even know this publisher at all, or the designer, or whatever. So, why am I interested in this? Simultaneous play, always a good thing. Civilization game. I do like Civilization games. This is a theme that hasn't done as well in the last few years as it used to back in the days when I could get uh, the fantasy flight game Civilization game, Civilization A New Dawn. I have still not played Mosaic, although, oh god yeah, oh yeah. My mate in Iceland, he said, if I don't play Mosaic by the time I get to Iceland, we'll play it. Ah, I hope we still... Oh, I hope we still do that. Oh, I really want to play Mosaic. I really want to try it. Oh, please, can we? Yes. Uh, I need to hurry up and play that sodding game. I keep being busy at conventions and I can't play it. I want to play it. But, um, I digress. So, Path of Civilization, a story of humankind. Uh, here we go. So... Take your reins of your civilization, make choices, research techs, improve military, culture, industrialization, everything you've heard of in every single civilization game. But I like civilization games as a theme. I mean, I played them on the PC, you know, the Sid Meier stuff. I don't tend to play them much anymore because I just don't have the time and there's only so often you can play them. But I just love the theme of a civilization game. The idea that I take this this tribe or whatever and turn it into what i want give me all the options give me a good theme and i'll really enjoy it uh, but simultaneous play sounds pretty cool and what does it say uh you will make choices that have repercussions till the end of the game the game is played simultaneously and works with a simple card and resource management system the diversity of the cards guarantees enormous variability there's no images it's literally just that i know nothing else about this game really this could be an absolute train wreck Wait, 4.0 seems a little bit dubious but we'll see an hour to two hours good time length five players sounds like a bad idea best at four cool but simultaneous play civilization game gets my interest again this is only going to go as high as light but i want a good civilization game i am in the mood for a good civilization game that doesn't take four hours and goes off the rails i mean europa universalis or whatever it was the recent one that came out uh, the one that takes like six to eight hours to play and is a mon- monster mammoth game i'd like to play it i try it but honestly uh, it's not something i'm gonna want to own <laughs> so you know i would like a quicker civilization game and then finally this one i've put is like And I would like to actually meet them if they're at Essen, actually. So if they're going to be... They're in Hall 3. So I would like to give them a meet, actually. um, Because I think I'm getting this posted to me soon. I can't remember if I'm getting it posted in September or after Essen or something. I can't remember. But basically, they got in touch with me. I didn't actually ask them for a review copy. They emailed me out of the blue, um, you know, quoting stuff in my video. So I knew it wasn't a generic email, which is nice. You know, if you're going to advertise... if you, I mean, I'm not interested in reviewing every Kickstarter game that comes out. Especially not the smaller ones. I haven't got time. But it does do my head in when I get emails that are just cold, cool emails. The ones that blatantly have not looked at your channel. They don't know what sort of videos you do. They think, oh yeah, you'll be a perfect fit. No, I won't be. Have you seen any video on my channel? You know I won't be a fit for your children's indie game or whatever. It's like, does my head in. Especially when they say, hello, broken meeple. And it's like, you literally could not get my name i say at the start of every video my name and you don't know that so hate those emails these guys at least sent me a proper scripted uh, proper scripted no proper dictated email but zoo tycoon the board game i was interested in this on the kickstarter but i didn't quite pull the plug as i say money trying to keep myself off kickstarter a bit but i like Ark nova and i know that this game is not just a clone of Ark nova i know it's got very different mechanics but I love running a zoo. I mean, I almost want to buy Planet Zoo on the PC and just mess around with that. Although, I don't know how much time I'd have for it, how much creativity I'd have for it. And also, the main reason I know Zoo Tycoon is a thing on... Sorry, Planet Zoo is a thing. is because I watch the Let's Game Out videos and I laugh my head off with the stuff he does on it. But, running a zoo is a cool theme for me. I'm going to like animal-themed games. This one seems interesting. But I'm not interested in the components. Can we just get off the... There's got to be more images than that, surely. <clears throat> Sorry, a bit of a cold there. All right, here we go. So Zoo Market, Happiness Net. I mean, this is gorgeous imagery. So it's going to look beautiful on the game. But you're supposedly getting animals and, like, you know, making them happy. You've got all different meeples. You've got to manage, like, your income and resource and that. So it is like running a proper zoo. Will it work for me mechanically? I don't know. But I was very tempted to back this. Two to three hours does worry me. The idea that this is quite a long game and could be quite a heavy one. But, you know, build a zoo that focuses on marquee animals or develop partnerships with National Parks and Conservation. La la la. Uh, get food booths, gift shops, so you are properly building a zoo. More money, more options you have. And 35 different species, 230 different animal meeples. Uh... Each amazing animal will require unique care to meet their individual needs, carefully balance group and enclosure sizes, social composition, guest proximity to try and achieve the right balance between animal and guest happiness. So there's a lot of stuff in here that sounds pretty cool. You know, I'm very intrigued to try this. I almost backed it. You know, I this is another one of those games that I almost backed. But they are willing to send me a copy for review. And they know that I speak my honest thoughts. So, yeah, like they say, it's like, you know, for better or worse, we want to send you a review copy of the game. But yeah, I'm very intrigued to try this one. So, I hope that this one is brilliant. You know, I hope this one is a game that I can go, yes, another great zoo game. And I'm not expecting it to be a replacement for Ark Nova, because clearly they both have very different mechanics, even though the theme is pretty much the same. So, you know, we'll see how the two compare. But I don't think I'm going to go out of my way to compare the two games if the mechanics are that different. So we'll see. But yeah, definitely intrigued for this one. Alright, I think I'm going to leave it there because this episode is going on quite long. My throat is going a very quick skim through the maybes. Uh, Everdale Far Shore, Too expensive. Probably don't want it. I think it's a rip-off, but I'll give it a try if it's there. Rouge Grand Tour expansion. Yeah, cool. More stuff for Rouge. Humanity city building space exploration game it's by bombix i like the publisher i'd give it a shot that's all i know interstellar probably not something i'm interested in it's ion game design it's phil Eklund. it's going to be a ridiculously long complicated game i'm just intrigued just because i've seen his other stuff like uh oh what's it called uh high frontier or whatever it is the space game that actually reflects how sprockets travel and that it's like the most ridiculously complex game in the world i'm just curious to see how ridiculously complex this can be uh, new map for Newton. Uh, another PAX game. I'm interested to try out another PAX game. Uh, one about nautical pirates. This could be quite cool. Oh, batteries running low. I better get a move on. In fact, no. Why don't we just take a second. And we'll just plug it in. Fan noise be damned. Uh, Perseverance episodes three and four. I'm curious, but I wasn't a massive fan episodes one and two. So I very much doubt I'm going to get involved with this one. Revive Expansion. I'll check it out, see if it's worth it, but I think £35 is a bit expensive for what you get in it. And honestly, I don't love Revive, so I don't know if I'll really bother with this one. Sancor, Pride of Mansa Musa. It's Osprey Games, they've done some pretty good stuff. Uh, You know, City Building Civilization, I'll give it a shot. It does look interesting, but I know very little about it, so it's only on my maybe list senjutsu Battlefield of japan i probably won't really care about this one in fact the only reason i think it's on my maybe list is because i've heard mark dainty you know um uh, not board gaming rave about this like crazy this seems to be one of his favorite games he likes to play at the moment it's a 20 minute game 20 minute game including the solo mode it's like no time out of my it's no skin of my teeth to try this out so based on his recommendation i'll give it a lot i mean to be fair he recommended earthborne rangers to me and how googly am i going for that game so uh Although on that note, he also loves everything by Chip Theory Games, and also absolutely loves the inventions, the surda game. So we don't agree on everything, but you know, certainly I'm certainly interested to try this one. Uh, Septimer, I'd like to try a demo of it before I actually get it on Kickstarter. This one I did back, I think it was Kickstarter or back backer kit, it was something like that. But yeah, I'm getting a copy of this anyway as a Kickstarter person, but I'd like to try it in advance. To know whether I'm going to love the game when it comes out. Or whether I'm going to sell it the instant. I get it. <laughs> Unconscious Mind. I've already played it. But I'd like to see what's changed. I mean I played it. I think GridCon. Last year. So I've had a whole year. Um, since that game. So I'd like to see what they've changed. Have they changed anything? I hope so. Because otherwise I'm not going to be a massive uh, wanting for this game. But we'll see. You know, I'll, I'd be keen to give it another demo and try. Mini Expansion. Random World water- Cities whatever, it's more cards, a fiver, I might buy it while I'm there, uh, World Wonders, I know nothing about this game, it's it's city building, it's ancient city building, so I like it, as a theme wise, one to five players, it's by Arcane Wonders, I'd like to give it a try, but other than that, I know nothing about this game, so those are the maybes, and believe me, there's a lot more on the ignore list, oh boy, is there a lot, on the ignore list (laughs) there's always plenty to see there so that's it on that front quite a lot of games talked about an hour 26 but basically yes if i see you at midgard Please say hi, because I know nothing about Iceland from being there. I know nothing about the convention, really. I was meant to go to this convention like four years ago, and then COVID got in the way. So I am really looking forward to checking out Midgar. But if you do recognize me while you're there, say hi. That's what I'm there for. I'm there as a guest, along with Dave and Ilka Looza. We're gonna do a. Um, they're gonna do a. Uh, this game is Broken Panel at some point which I might be involved in. I don't know. I'll have to see. But we're definitely doing a top 10 list as a trio. We're doing top 10 things we hate in gaming. I don't know if it will be video recorded. Um, you know, We'll just have to play that by ear. But yeah, that's going to be a fun list. <laughs> top 10 things we hate in gaming. Nice to do a ton-in-cheek hate list. I'm surprised they actually went for it. Uh, that The organizers went for it, not just dave and that (laughs) you know the organizers wanted us to do a hate list so fantastic um and it's not going to be like i hate this game i hate the genre or whatever at least mine isn't mine's more things i've noticed either in the industry or from gamers or model you know stuff like that i mean spoiler alert i'd be surprised if tcg models didn't end up on the list because we ranted about it earlier But yeah, so that should be fun. And if you see me at Essen, by all means, shake my hand and say hi. You know, hopefully the meet and greet thing will be a thing, but I can't guarantee that. So it'll be good to see you. And oh yeah, I need to check. Do we need to wear masks at Essen? That is a worry because I feel like we're past the point that masks are a mandatory thing now. And it does make it really bad. I mean, Spiel 2022... um, made it mandatory to wear masks is that going to be the same for 2023 if somebody knows please let me know because i can't quite see it i mean research a hotel hit the supermarket form a plan research games cardio but where the bathrooms oh yeah the bathrooms are bad so be careful with those okay uh Yeah, there's not much I can see as I skim through. I don't think they're mandatory this year, but I'm going to have to find out because if I've got to wear a mask while talking to people, that's going to be so horrible. But we'll see. Um, Hopefully they've uh, moved past this whole thing now. But yeah. By all means, shame a hand and say hi if you see me there. So, yeah, lots to look forward to. Uh, I'll see you on the next Broken Meeple episode. Don't forget to check out the reviews I have done for Voidfall and some of the other ones that I mentioned earlier, like Delicious and stuff. You know, check out those reviews. And hopefully you've enjoyed listening and watching this. Hopefully you have a great Essen as well if you're going to it, or a great Midgard if you're going to that one. Uh, Take care, and until next time, remember, it's only a game. So, bye for now, and... Spend your money wisely. Take care.